Let's set up there. Here we go. Hold your gaps. Fill your lanes tonight. To play a full 200-foot game. Game on! Checks. Oh, game on. Here we are. Hey. Welcome to the Straight Off the Pipe podcast brought to you by the Hockey Heavy, Heavy Hockey Network. My dyslexic intro today. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm your co-host, Ash, and uh, in the sin bin beside me, as always, my co-host, Mike Dursa. He's the uh, Wheezy to my George, the Marge to my Homer, my 60-day fiancé, and I love him. How's GP doing tonight, buddy? Well, it was a beautiful day in the grandest prairie of them all. Um, sun was shining, birds were singing. Um, but uh, time to talk a little hockey. Um, tonight we've got uh, Jennifer Schiff Arrow. Did I get it? Did I get it? Um, she, no, you blew it. She, <laughs> you really did. <laughs> we'll go with Schiff Arrow, though. Schiff Arrow. Okay. Tonight I'll be Schiff Arrow. It's good. Let's go. <laughs> Let's just wrap some hockey no matter what we do. Good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not the talent around here. I'm the, you know, the, the old joke. He's the not... looks. I'm the brains. Okay, Jen, you'll yeah, figure that out yeah. soon. Uh, I'm the All right. I'm the junior year Massachusetts uh, Lady Bing uh, Trophy winner. Uh, yeah, that's that's me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, ha- happy to have you. You know, you've got your coaching experience, training experience. Uh, you, you do a blog, and uh, and uh, we're happy to have you here to talk some shop. Um, I've got uh, something that I guess I want to say to like oil country first and then we'll get to you. Um, So for the first time in my life, I actually uh, sat and watched paint dry today and was absolutely stoked doing it as the Edmonton Oilers released a video of painting the lines at Rogers Place. I for one, (laughs) I, I for one am thrilled that fans are going to be back in the buildings and hockey as we know it is coming back. I've missed being in that building and hearing that noise and seeing the fastest player to ever lace him up play live. I never thought I took going to games for granted, but I realize I have never had the thirst to be there more in my life than I do right now. Uh, how do you two feel about that? I mean, like, getting the rink painted, that's a that's a great thing. I mean, nobody likes to watch paint dry, but in this <laughs> case, it's a good thing. And, I mean, it's it's been a couple years almost, or a year and a half since we've been able to go to games. So, I'm excited. Let me watch paint dry. Give me that smell. Give me those sounds. I want to smell the ice. I want to. Oh man, I I can't wait. I'm I'm so happy that we can get back in the stands again. And you know what? I bet the players are too. It's it's going to be a different show. Is isn't that it? Like you see them painting the lines and and kind of doing the the logo and and all that. And just from the video, it's almost like you could smell the ice and and, and that taste is just salivating and just can't wait Popcorn. to get back. Yeah, give me that. Give me that $20 beer. I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, give me, give me one of those lukewarm Bobby Nix burgers. It looks so much better in the picture of him holding it than in the, But, you know. Excited <laughs> um, to have you on the show, Jen. It's, yeah. uh, it's going to be fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Watch some of your podcasts, read some of your blogs. I think you're hilarious. Uh, you're, oh, you're an awesome follow on Twitter. I think you got common sense, and, and more importantly, you show good good hockey sense um so yeah looking looking forward to kind of getting into some x's and o's and maybe just bullshitting some hockey and whatever we kind of get into so yeah that's great um i guess uh you know having the fastest player in the, on the planet uh play for us we're gonna make you answer questions real fast <laughs> i got i got some right. i got we'll call this the mcdavid round um <laughs> nice. favorite team pittsburgh Favorite player? Joe Thornton. I was, supposed to, I was supposed to know that too. Uh, she jumped on the Leafs bandwagon for a little while. For like for a hot minute. For a for a hot Joe Thornton minute. <laughs> now I'm in I'm in Florida with uh, the Panthers, so Yeah. <laughs> Crosby or McDavid. Sydney. <laughs> Wayne or Mario. Mario. Oh, that's it. I'm out of here. <laughs> Fake outrage, yeah. Um, but actually, let me say something. I liked Mario before I had any love for the Penguins. Like, growing up watching hockey, there was something about Lemieux's game that really attracted me to it. Don't get me wrong. Gretzky's phenomenal. 
There's no question in that. But there's something about Mario's game. Like, he just had this life in it that was, you know, like, magnetic or magical. Like, I can't put words to it. Um, Really, really love his his game, overall game. Whereas I think Gretzky, as good as he was, was, you know, more flashy and kind of more showy. Whereas Lemieux was like there to win a game. I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain. Like no disrespect to Wayne, obviously one of the greatest players. I honestly don't think he would be pluck him in his prime and put him in today's game. I don't think we would see the same results that he had, you know, in his career. Um, well, I, I guess kind of my, my feeling on the Wayne Mario, we'll, we'll, we'll stop the lightning round for a minute. I want, I want to time out Zach Morris stop here. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you know, when, when I watched Wayne and when I watched Mario, Mario Lemieux had more size. He had more strength. Um, he, he, basically more power in his game. Wayne had the ability to stop time. <laughs> Wayne, Wayne, was a, Wayne was a chess player. He would slow everything down and wait for plays to happen instead of really forcing the issue. I mean, there were, were times where Wayne would do his thing and, and go through everybody like they weren't there. But I, I looked at Wayne more as, as a distributor first and, and a scorer, like a goal scorer a second. And he had that luxury because of the team he played on. I don't think Mario had the same luxury in Pittsburgh. I mean, there was some definitely some talent in in Pittsburgh for sure, but I don't think it was on the same level as the 80s Oilers. Absolutely not. Um, And and Wayne, just the peripheral vision, I I guess, like, I can't really do it here because my frame isn't big enough, but uh, the things that Walter had him doing at an early age, it it led to a guy that had, in my opinion, the best vision of any hockey player ever. Um, And and that still stands up. When you go into the debate about, you know, how would he do now? Well, I think if you took that Wayne Gretzky from, you know, the 80s Oilers and put him in today's NHL, I don't think that's fair. I think if you put Wayne Gretzky through the same training regiments that Connor McDavid goes through, you'd still have a phenomenal hockey player. But, you know, when you give him the same equipment, the same sticks and, and, and all of that. Um, I just don't think he would have the same kind of freedom that he did back then. I mean, like, Wayne was pretty much untouchable, not just because of who he, or how he played, but because of who he was. And we don't really have that kind of protection in the, today's game. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, our stars get hurt, right? You, you, you don't have enforcers in today's game, but you do have the ability, um, well, back in the, in the 80s, in the prime of Wayne's career, you had the ability to, like, the Philadelphia Flyers would just hang on to him. <laughs> so that's changed. You know, the hooking and the and the holding and all that was a lot more back then than it is now. That obstruction kind of get until the playoffs. <laughs> From an Oilers standpoint, that, that stuff gets called. You know, back then it didn't. And it didn't in the playoffs then either. I mean, you could murder. I, I really also, too, I don't think the goalies were as good back then as they are now. I think the skill in goalies has, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. 80s and 90s hockey are, is my life. Take me uh, back. Please well, take me back. I love the, those decades for hockey. But I think that our goalies have even, you know, become better in a sense that they're not – what's the word? Um, I, I think, honestly, Jen, that goalies have become bigger now and, and less athletic. Goalies then were more athletic, but they were smaller. I mean, there's some goalies that are pretty thin, tall and thin. But thin, like they're I'm not, not. I'm not saying put the fatso in net. I, I I don't believe in that. Like you, you know, goalies are in shape now. I just don't like if I look at Miko Koskinen and compare him to Grant Fuhr. It's <laughs> and even Mike Smith. Mike Smith is a bigger guy. He's he's very athletic. It all goes back to the same thing. If you had those guys in today's equipment and today's training and today's big, you know, like it's hard to do that debate, right? It's it's Grant, it's, Grant, like it's bringing, still fun to talk about. Like, oh, it's, it's amazing. Fun imagine, fun, you right? know, what's also fun is like putting Connor McDavid in that same DeLorean when it goes back to the 80s and seeing if he could get 500 points. You know what I mean? Like with those Mike Vernon's exposed glove hand and the way you could burn guys back then, that would have been fun to see too, right? But I, I love the 
the the banter i think it's cool i i um as far as gretzky and lemieux goes like different players completely there's no doubt totally. about it i think gretzky did it with iq and and knowing where people were gonna be and and he had nothing but help around him where mario lemieux for a lot of those years like before the years of kevin stevens and um you know like what did that one year in 92 or 93 they had like four of the top five leading scorers right like recky stevens lemieux i can't even who else was up there um Yager. francis uh Yager, right like they might have had six of the top 10 but before then what mary lemieux could do that we never really knew if gretzky could do in his prime was put a team on his back and i think that's what you maybe meant earlier about like that real eagerness or, or you know it's not like Gretzky wasn't a winner. It's not like Gretzky wasn't determined. But man, like Lemieux could it just was, Lemieux had this different heart. Like he he had this. Yeah. He played with like uh, intention. Like he was he was just a, a force to watch. And I mean, the unfortunate thing with Mario is he did not have a healthy career. Yeah. So you know, Getting it's kind of like to compare them. It's it, it's kind of unfair in the sense that Gretzky had you know a healthier career, and yeah. we really don't know how close Mario could have come. You, to you know, you two can't see this, so I'll just I'll just bring it up. There's a Darcy uh, Glassford who's uh, checking in from Facebook, and he says maybe it's the wobbly pops, but Lemieux had incredible finesse. <laughs> I don't fully agree with the power game in the '90s. Shanahan was a power game. Cam Neely, Wendell Clark. Well, there were there were games where Mario Lemieux would get absolutely abused, and he would fight through it. That's what I mean by the power game. You know, when he's he didn't call- turn around and punch you in the face, but he would take 35 well, cross checks. When he's calling out the league for being a garage league, it was because he was getting sick of the abuse, but he, he fought through it. I mean, um, so he, he was he was tough. He, he did have a power game. That's um, on here. Now he's saying Gary Suter, 91 Canada Cup, fucked up Gretzky bad. Well, um, yeah, Gretz had a bad back after that one, too. He was past his prime at that point, though. Uh, Who's that goalie that deep Gretzky out? Was it Lemieux or, or not Lemieux? Was it Patrick Waugh or was it a Brodeur? Do you remember that video in a game? That, you know when the goalies could come right out to like center ice and he kind of did a spinorama on Gretzky and moved the puck past him? You've never seen that? I don't know if I've seen that, no. It, Gretzky's just like, what the? Oh, I got to find <laughs> it. It's the best. We had Chris Dingman on the show last week and he uh, he told us a story about... Um, I said, oh, you walked Gretzky. He goes, well, I didn't walk him. He just didn't try. But he uh, told a story <laughs> about how he, he skated around Gretzky and then went bar down on Grand Fear or something and got Grand Fear bench for three months. Um, yeah, it was a month, but yeah. <laughs> three months sounds better. Just a little more on it. <laughs> okay. I think I still had three months on the brain because we were talking about us being together for three months. Darcy and I and our 90-day fiance. Um. I kind of lost my train of thought with the whole lightning stuff, so I'll I'll, I'll go to something else here, uh, Jen. And uh, um, I don't know if you realized, like you were on the ice tonight, or or doing your work. And uh, Team Canadian Canada, sorry, I can't even speak. Canadian women today played the Americans, and they spanked them five to one. Um, on on that front, uh, and yeah, that's awesome. Good good for us, and and I love it, and I love it. Who's your favorite uh, female hockey player of all time? Tough. Um, it's got to be Angela James. Cool. Yeah. I mean, Cassie Campbell's up there, Haley Wickenheimer. <sighs> you know who's a good a woman that I like to watch now? I don't know if she played for Team Canada, but uh, Renata Fast. Hmm. She played, I think, for, she played for a team in the, I forget what the league was, but she was a sensational hockey player to watch. I missed the, I missed the, the game tonight because, of course, I was at work. But um, it's, it's good to know we beat America because we've had a hard time, our women, beating. And, and they've been really close games. So to, to uh, take them to the woodshed, so to speak, is, is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, is, there a better, is there a better name for a hockey player than Fast? Right? <laughs> there's a couple of, there's some good names. I can't think of them on the spot right now, but I'm sure boom, there are. Booga boom. Do, do you have a, I don't want to spend too too long on it, but uh, do you have a favorite F- Team Canada female goalie? 
probably Shannon's sub- yeah. Tabados, yeah, I'll, I'll help you there. I didn't okay. want to butcher her name. I butchered yours, so uh, I'll save you on there. <laughs> <laughs> Easy for uh, us Edmontonians. Yeah. So this offseason, the, the Oilers have made a, a lot of changes. They brought in uh, Maple Leafs' uh, Zach Hyman, signed him to a long-term deal, um, traded out Ethan Bear, and brought in Warren Fogle from the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, we lost Adam Larson to basically expansion. Uh, Seattle uh, signed him to uh, to a deal uh, moving forward, so they brought in Cody CC to kind of replace that. Um, they traded Caleb Jones, a young uh, a young prospect, you know, six <laughs> um, seven defenseman for us really last year, and and brought in Duncan Keith from the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, so our, our goaltending's kind of stayed the same. Resigned Darnell Nurse to a long-term eight-year deal, um, and he still got one year left on his old, old deal. So there's nine years of, of Nurse uh, going forward. Resigned Nuge to a, a, a deal um, going ahead. Um, do you have any opinions? Because I know you're you're kind of outside the Edmonton market, but you you know you, you know good NHL players and stuff. So um, any thoughts on all the <laughs> new acquisitions the others have made because there's been a lot yeah i mean i can't even wrap my head around that i can't believe ethan bear's gone he was such a treasure in edmonton that's true that's that's that bites yeah um let's think let me think here i mean duncan keith eh yeah don't get me started (laughs) don't get upset over this i mean look at the look at the oilers postseason lack of success i'll use the word success look at the oilers postseason success okay there's something missing in that dynamic right you bring in a player that has depth in the postseason success wins championships that is a valuable player especially sure they might not be the same player on skill wise but that's a presence that you need and sometimes they don't work look we brought joe thornton to toronto didn't really work right Marlowe to Toronto didn't work but sometimes it really does work you know you got to keep an eye on these veteran players because you do have a captain that you know could use a little bit of help from a veteran player you know what I mean I think that his on ice game is phenomenal Connors but he's lacking some essential leadership skills that um Duncan Keith can come and kind of you know help shape Connor right so this is this could be a really really good thing and from what i know he's a, he's he's liked amongst the uh, duncan he's he's liked in the locker room so this could like i said it could be a good thing um what's always been your problem with uh in the postseason what's what's the problem and don't say we lose because that's kind of basic but what is the problem lack of depth okay Lack of depth, inability to fight through their checks. You know, when you have a team that's built off the rush and that's all you have, I think, you know, that gets plugged up and taken away in the playoffs. And a lot of their success is built off the power play. And power plays are, you know, you get one out of every five regular season penalty called in the playoffs. And uh, to your point, Jen, they don't have the experience to know how to fight through that and to know how to get to that next step. And you know, you guys brought in Simmons and Thornton and Marlowe and what do all three of those guys have in common that they don't have in common with Duncan Keith? And I'm not going to sit here and defend Duncan Keith, but I will defend the fact that we probably need that intangible, right? Like it, it's the same thing Kawhi Leonard did for the Raptors, right? You look at those two ex-Spurs that go and step onto that team and all of a sudden they teach them how to how to act in the playoffs. They teach them what it takes. They teach them where that extra gear is and you know, Connor McDavid, what you said is no slight on him. At the end of the day, you can only learn those things through experience. And he hasn't had the experience or, or that, you know, exposure in the playoffs to know how to guide a team through it. So, I mean, this comes down too to the coaching staff. I think a lot of it falls when teams sure. lose. It, like, I look at the coaching staff first and foremost because it is their job to rally up the boys. I mean, you've got superstars on your team. Um, what's his name? Dreisaitl is like, I can watch him all day long, every day. Like, his game is phenomenal. He's something to watch, right? You have these players, and of course, McDavid, he's one of the greatest of all time, no question. But the coach needs to be able to utilize its players to their highest potential. And I don't, I haven't seen that 
in Edmonton. There's, and I don't mean to come down on your coach or whatever. No, no, but we're on the same page. I agree. Like, please do. <laughs> it's like you know, shit or get off the pot. You gotta, you gotta utilize your players better. And if you don't know yeah. how to bring out the best of them on the ice, then you gotta take a look at yourself and what your style is, what you're doing wrong. It all starts with the coaches. That's, yeah, that's, I, you know what I mean. I love that you said that. I completely agree. I think that, you know, what, what some of the things Tippett's made for mistakes is, hey, he hasn't figured out a way to battle through those, you know, if, if they're playing that playoff 1-3-1 one, one, or 1-2-2 one, two, two on him, then figure out how to break through, right? you got to still create gaps and figure out how to find passing lanes. And if you can't, then that's your X's and O's. And I also don't think he did a great job of his line management because, you know, he's benching guys and benching bear for mistakes and make, you know, Darnell's playing 65 minutes as a result. And and then we get beat on a tired play, right? He's he could have called a timeout in game three. I, I think Tippett's been a fantastic regular season coach. I think he is a good coach. I just don't think we've seen it in the playoffs. You guys, the, the one thing I'll say, you know, you, when you're talking about Keith and, and uh, what he brings. And I, I don't really slight McDavid for leadership, but I, I haven't, like, we haven't had a, a guy on the back end with what Keith has. We haven't had a Stanley Cup winner to, to be part of that, you know, ensemble that we put out every night. Yeah. So my, my thing with Duncan Keith, what I think he's going to bring more than anything is, is you know, he, he knows what it takes to win. And, and he's been there. He's been through it all. And everybody knows that. He's got a great resume, all that. But all that aside, I think it's what he's going to do for, for somebody like Nurse. Like, Nurse is our guy right now. He is, he is uh, people want to knock him down. They, they've done that since, since we drafted the guy. They, they, it's, it's always angered me. It's, it's, a, it's kind of the one subject with the Edmonton Oilers that angers me on how much people don't, don't even get what Darnell Nurse means to this organization. Oh, he, he doesn't deserve that. He doesn't. He's been taking a discount his whole career. Yeah, he got paid. Great, let's go. Um, but what Duncan Keith can can teach him in the locker room and and kind of push him and and fuel him. I mean, he fuels himself really hard. But he's gonna have you know a mentor, and he hasn't really had that. Um, and I, I think that's that's the part about the whole Duncan Keith acquisition that I I look forward to is is how it's gonna affect Nurse more than anything. And, and and the whole back end, you know, it's it's been a bit of a like last year we had a all right defense, but I just think you know it, it's an area that can improve. Now we added some depth up front, and so now like Dave Tippett was, you know, he had a, he constructed a line like the guy is a, a bit of a magician he and, and a genius. He constructs a line of of Yamamoto, Drysital, um, and Nugent Hopkins. And they're lighting it up. They're the best line in hockey. And what does he do? Well, it ain't broke, but I'll fix it. And and he and he blew it up. He blew he blew up that line, and it took forever to come back to it. And they and they lost chemistry. And so what ends up happening is okay. Well, McDavid and Leon, you you go play together. And and then there's and then there's nothing left. And and you know you load that up for the playoffs, and you wonder why you're having trouble. Well, you know another team just strategizes on how to shut down one line, focus everything you can on one line, lock that down. And, yeah. and they, and they do. And then there's nothing else to, you know, chip in anything. So we, we take games into overtime cause we, we played a pretty good, you know, East West kind of hockey game and, and limited chances. And Mike Smith played really well. Their goalie got, you know, one more save and, and they win the game and they win the series. And it's, it's a sweep. I, you know, I, I kind of joke with Flames fans saying it was a six-game series because three games went into overtime and the and the last one went into triple overtime. But uh, you know what I mean? It was probably the closest sweep in NHL history. But it was still sweep. You still got swept in the first round. You know, and and last and the year before that, who'd you lose to? You lose to Chicago. Who who was the catalyst for the Blackhawks? Well, it was Duncan Keith. Now now that's two years removed, but he 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 was a force. Kinda. And. and you know, Chicago beat us on on really tac- tactician stuff. They tipped in everything. They were tipping everything in the net. We couldn't stop it. We couldn't defend against it. Yeah, youngest you know? coach in the NHL and typically yeah. couldn't counter him. Yeah, you win one game there, and, and it was a team you should have you should have walked. And yeah, I mean, Chicago's been crap for years. Yeah, and and right. and, that, and now so. Yeah. So I think they did do a good job of bolstering their forward group, and and if you see Leon and Connor being doled out again together, 
you, you got to shake your head. And so to me, to me, to me, this is a season for Dave Tippett where he's got to take this team deeper into the playoffs. You can't just yeah. be content with making the first round and oh, home time. Let's go golfing. Like it's it's got to be second, third, you know, or or more. And, and you, this team needs to push now. Like the, the way I see it is, they're in a three to four year window to get it done, and uh, and that and that's what it takes. But one of the questions I have for you for the lightning round before, and I've kind of abandoned that. But um, who gets it done first, Leafs or Oilers? Ooh, that's interesting for me. Wow. I got a personal bet out with a friend of mine. I won't <laughs> disclose the amount, but first team to win. I mean. <laughs> that's, that's a so tough, tough question it really is like I've, I've had the own debate it depends my own on what player like if, if Matthews and Marner show up I mean like the Leafs have a good solid team um, just to touch on them a little bit Sheldon Keith just totally failed them this year they had all the pieces right but same thing with coaches like motivating their, their players he just yeah. didn't do it you know what I mean so I mean and his failure to dump the puck in like that puck possession like that. game ruined them I think yeah that's a really good question Mike I'm gonna have to go with Winnipeg Jets yeah safe answer that's real good Hey, at least I didn't say Calgary. I I know the mar- I know the I know I know where you live, so that that might be like the um, what is it, what is it? Um, oh, Sweden or, or uh, the neutral Switzerland? That's a Switzerland answer. At a girl. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I Toronto's hometown, right? I, that's my the first team I I fell in love with. Um, but I do like I really like Drysaddle. He's one of my favorite players in the league. And of course, Connor's all right. Um, <laughs> I like watching dry sidle and that's when he's not even on the ice. He's just oh, handsome. He, is he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually he is. Uh, I got to give him that. He, yeah, he's a handsome guy. <laughs> I mean, Toronto for the fans. Screw you guys. You have like, you dominated in the eighties. Like yeah. I, I, I feel bad for leaf fans because they get it. They get work pretty hard, you know, uh, they do. <sighs> Given the close-up view you had of the Leafs over the last few years, like, what are your thoughts on? Because now here we are, we have CC and and uh, Barry, and that used to be your top pairing in Toronto a few years ago. Um, what do you think of those two? Or, CC's you know, a good player. He just came from Pittsburgh. Well, he, Pittsburgh, whatever. Yeah, I'm really upset with this expansion. So, season. like, he he did. He had a actually. This is awesome. I'm glad that you have that insight because you know we've had a lot of back and forth in Edmonton about which Cody CC is going to show up, right? And there's the the Ottawa CC, the the Toronto CC, which I don't think was fair. You know, he had a lot of minutes piled on him. I don't think he was in a role that he probably should have been casted for and I think the most of the time I saw him play in Pittsburgh last year he played more sheltered minutes right like he was playing I think closer to 17 instead of 23 um you know some more um defense or offensive zone starts as well as uh some sheltered um opponents versus you know playing against top or top lines all the time and he flourished right so do you think if we keep CC in that number four spot that We'll be okay there. What's your view? Well, I mean, new team. He might come out and shine. He might come out and just, you know, be his best player. They're his best, the best version of himself. I mean, he knows how to play with a superstar. Like when you have a superstar yeah. in your team, it's hard to play. It's hard to play with them. It's hard to play with with Crosby. It's hard to play with McDavid. It's hard to, you know what I mean? Sure. Like there's a lot of pressure on the other players to compete to the. There's only so many Chris Kunitzes out there. Exactly, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you guys are gonna make me cry. Stop! Hey, it's like twice now. Um, I, think it's, I can make you happy. Hey, you traded Ryan Whitney for him, so hey, there's a win. Oh man. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, I, I think if you, it's tough. He's a good. He's a good player. I, I enjoyed him. I, I was sad to see him go. It wasn't what I wanted. I wanted Pedersen gone. Um, yeah. I don't know what the heck Ron Hexall is doing. I don't even know why he's our GM. He's a flyer. Get out of here. Yeah. Um, I wondered how many Penguins fans would feel that way because that rivalry. It like, was with Jeff Carter, yeah. which, I mean, he was okay in the playoffs, whatever. Yeah. But then his second move was hiring friends and family. And yeah. then he gets rid of he gets rid of McCann and Tanov. Yeah. 
Like what? What do you? Okay, this isn't. A, I'm not going to rant about the penguin. And McCann no, for not much either. But no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, we don't. We don't. We don't I'm mind just, at all. <laughs> I I have no idea what's going on in, in that man's head. I think he's he's a double agent. I think he's here to like just watch Pittsburgh. Burn. <laughs> um, I mean, we'll see what happens. But I'm not. I'm not on like. He's a, he was a great he's a great GM, but he's just not for Pittsburgh. But anyways. Going back to CC, I think, you know, fresh team playing with one of the best in the league, a team that really wants to prove themselves and, you know, go farther in the postseason. I think you'll get a lot out of CC, but it really does depend on the, you know, the the kind of the room, the, the, the morale yeah. in the room. Like, it was really hard to come into a new team. And if there's, you know, like any tension amongst, you know, like, the team not winning and, and McDavid's not doing what he should be and whatever, whatever, whatever. It's hard to walk into that and be like, okay, let's, you know what I mean? So it really depends sure. on the mood of the room. But I think if you have like a happy, upbeat team, ready to play, ready to compete, ready to win, you'll get the best out of CC. So, I mean, it's, it's not, it's, it could be worse. You think Zach it. Hyman, if he's playing with McDavid, can he actually get him more points? Wow. That's that's a question I can't answer. It's going to be interesting to see, right? Like the Oilers have been built so successfully off the rush for the last few years, developing offense off the rush that now all of a sudden they go and develop, or pardon me, um, acquire the Hymans and the Fogels. And, you know, these are puck possession guys. These are guys that grind it out in the corners and and know how to cycle a puck. And I just wonder, you know, if if all of everything we've seen from McDavid has been built off of power play and and the rush, what actually having somebody like a, a Miko Rantanen on his line can do for him? Because like those guys are dogs on a bone, right? They go and get the puck and get it to you. So well, could that actually make him more successful? It, yeah, it doesn't good matter point. what they do, what their skill is, how good they are, or what they can contribute. It comes down to that chemistry. You yeah. know what I mean? And if they can talk to each other without talking to each other you know what i mean on the ice for sure yeah they, they know that the players move without having to you know what i mean that chemistry that's gonna make or break any player's success with mcdavid and like i said before with superstars it's hard to play with them you know yeah they're hard to play with so it's it's tough for the other players too because of the pressure and you know you don't want to let your captain down and so on and so forth so i think yeah. one of the biggest things edmonton has to like the coach and everyone has to like the staff story has to think about first with this new kind of barrage of players is that chemistry team building focus yeah. on that don't come into this the, the preseason with you know like win 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 let's build that camaraderie you know like that family feeling because when you have those connections and that chemistry the pressure comes off you play more naturally and you play the game the way you grew up playing it yeah having fun Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think I think Edmonton's going to be a better team. I see Edmonton doing better, a lot better. But I just I, I just don't know if they're a playoff team. You know what I mean? I just don't know it yet. I can't predict For success that. in the playoffs. You mean, right? Sorry. Like the successful once they get to the playoffs. Yeah, they can I mean, be a like successful if they can give that, team. and that has nothing yeah. to do with being swept before. It's just it's it's kind of like Toronto. Do they have that postseason mentality? You know what I That's mean? Right. And, and, and yeah. like I said, with Keith, he's going to be, you know, Dr. Keith. He's going to be <laughs> the one to help your team. And I think I think that's a huge, huge benefit for you guys. So definitely hopeful. Um, if the Leafs and Edmonton meet in the playoffs, I mean, we're going seven games. And well, that'll be the Stanley Cup final then. Oh, yeah, right. Are we going back to the old format? Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to see it. Wouldn't that be something for for Canadian media? Yeah, you know? right. We're, we're not Leafs, Oilers, Stanley The Cup. Canadian division is no more, isn't it? She no. gone. She gone. She gone. Well, yeah, well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I, I want to I I circle. Not the Stanley Cup final. Well, not anytime too soon, anyways. I, Sorry, I wanna, go ahead, Yeah, I want to circle back to something you said earlier, Jen, because, you know, some of the guys you play like uh, senior hockey and stuff with, they'll tell you, and they, you know, they cl climb the ranks a little bit in junior and whatever. Um, they'll say the, like, you know, the head coach in the NHL is, you know, they do the X's and O's, but the you know rah rah days are are pretty much gone. You still think that that plays a, a big role in the success of a team to 
Maybe it's not barking like a dog anymore, but it's just saying the right thing to, you know, click somebody's mind on more than, you know, scare them into playing better. You think that's yeah? The way you can't do that. You can't scare you. Like I mean, I've always said that hockey is is like seventy percent mental and thirty percent physical, and it's a very physical game. So that gives you mm-hmm. an idea of how you know how the, the mentality. I'm actually currently writing a book on the mentality of hockey, and cool. it's one of the biggest factors. And if you don't have a coach that can you know relate to that player without being a complete you know pos to the player and dogging right. them and making them feel bad, like John Tortorella benching players because they're not getting the best you're not going to get the best out of your player when you make them feel like crap you know what i mean there's different routes so i think it's so important for a coach to understand that that mentality factor when you're trying to you know bring the best out of them you know relate to them you 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 yell and scream at them you're going to lose the room immediately and then your team just falls apart and everyone just goes through the motions so yeah did i answer your question yeah, I think yeah, so. I, you know, I heard Peter DeBoer interviewed on a local radio station here, and he had said that um, outside of being a good communicator, the hardest part of being an NHL coach is staying relevant, really. You know, so, you know, that's him tipping off that being able to communicate probably is one of the most important parts of your job. And I think, you know, being being empathic and putting your yourself in your players skates and and understanding what makes each one of them tick you, you can't paint an entire team with one brush anymore like you used to right like mike keenan could just say i'm sending y'all down to the ahl and and screw y'all and, and it didn't matter but nowadays you need to find how each player um you know how each player is motivated and, and i think that's one of the keys if if i'm not mistaken jen 100 percent. i'm i'm like firm on that aspect of the like relating to the player one-on-one and you know uh, I forget what coach it was but he'd go out after practice and have lunch or go for a beer with certain players you know what I mean and and get to know them know what makes them tick know how to talk to them and that's a big that's it's so important especially in game time when you see a player that's getting hard on himself for you know missing an open net or taking a bad penalty and you can bring that player out of that rut right there on yeah. the bench that comes down to relation the relationship between the player and the coach and it's so important to have good yeah. relationships with all the players but still keep that level of you know i'm the coach and if you don't give me what i want i'm going to give you less but don't threaten you know what i mean it's so important to make that player feel that you want the, them to be their best for them and for the team not for the coach right Right. You know, one of the last times that you were on the bench for uh, when you were coaching, you'd reference a story in one of your blogs about your team being on a giant losing streak and uh, your head coach getting suspended and you having to step in and be the head coach for four games. And you guys won all four of those games. What did you do different? Um, I, well, the players liked me. You know, yeah, I had good relationships with them um, and they could relax with me the pressure was off they could go out and have some fun um and i guess they wanted to make me look good like it was yeah, a mix of so I many things that when i read it yeah um but even the other team one of the best teams in the league came over and like the players were shaking my hand the coaches they were like unbelievable you, you brought you like put life in this team yeah and it's you because be i was like i was just i put myself with the players you know like my, i played my part like they play, play their part. I wasn't, you know, on a pedestal. Yeah. I was, you know, there for them. And they just, you know what? They're hot. Hockey players are human too, right? They have feelings. Sure. And if you know how to tap into their, like play to their character, their personality, you'll get the best out of them. So it's just relating to them and, you know, asking questions, not just telling, not delegating. Say, what do you think would work this way? You know, making them feel that they're valuable in every aspect and you'll get the best out of your player hands down every time. Yeah, making them feel they're valuable. That's super key. I absolutely agree with that. Even your, even your, like your third and fourth liners. That's right. They're so important, you know, like they're no different than your first line. They're out to do the same thing, right? Yeah, you don't win without them. That's right. Little known fact. The last uh, hockey game I coached, I was ejected. Nice. (laughs) That doesn't surprise me, though. Yeah. It was after a big losing streak, and the coach that replaced him won all the games. No, it was actually... I just made that up. It was actually in what they call the banner game for Adam's, my son's Adam team. And I 
I got, I got ejected and I was supposed to leave the arena, but I stayed in the in the dressing room and was kind of coaching the coaches from the room. <laughs> so what what, what, how, what got you ejected? Well, at the end of uh, the first period, there was a goal that, that went in and the one ref signaled the goal and then the other ref came and talked to him and he and then he called it off saying that the, he blew his whistle already, but he's the same ref signaled the goal. So they're doing that and okay, whatever. And then play goes the other way and our goalie's on, on top of the puck and they, they blow the whistle and then it gets jammed in the net and they signal that a, that a goal. So so I started throwing water bottles on, on the ice, but they, they never they never even seems seen like it. a logical reaction. They didn't even yeah. for Adam hockey. Right. And they, and they didn't even see they, the referees didn't even see it happen. My kid my kids went and picked up the water bottle, brought it to the bench and just kind of neatly put it on there like it like it, somebody just dropped it accidentally. Yeah. So so we go in for an intermission and then I think parents told the kids what I did. And uh, so the second period starts and and there's like a another play and I'm I, I was I was getting excited. I'm like what is that? And they're like, you're out of here. I'm like, what? <laughs> really? I said, are you sure? He's like, yep. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's the best call you've made all night. <laughs> I did my dad's trick because my dad used to coach basketball. And when he would get a, you know, a technical foul, he would say, oh, that's the best call you made all night. And then he'd get another <laughs> one. And then he'd get another one. And then he'd, like back then, he used to get three. And then he'd say, "That's the second best call you made all night." And then they give oh him another, they give him another one. Then you're ejected, right? So I, I pulled, I pulled his move out. I'm like, "Well, that's the best call you made all night." But I was already, I was already kicked out. So I, I walk across the ice, ice, and my whole team's like uh, parents. They're all like clapping and 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 happy and excited because we we were basically getting screwed by the you know hometown refs and, and this out of town shit. And, Oh, I hate that. <laughs> and, and yeah, so I, I got I got tossed, and then uh, I decided, well, maybe I'm taking <laughs> youth hockey a little too uh, intensely, and <laughs> <laughs> step back, step back, and uh, you know, enjoyed being a parent to my kids and watching. You, you got to remember, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this in here because I've dealt with a lot of parents as, as a coach, especially with kids. You you you, and don't take any disrespect to this. Just kind of take it as kind of like just you know, advice, I guess. Yeah. For lack of a better word, is you when you're dealing with the kids and they show they see how you behave or how you interact with the refs, how you interact with the other coaches on the other team, and so on and so forth. Yeah. they're learning. This is they're they're kind of you're programming oh, yeah. programming them, and they're gonna kind of like you know what I mean. And it's and no disrespect, Mike, at all, but you got to keep that in mind at all times, especially at that age, because you're gonna start building behavior kind of styles in not just your kid or the other kids but everyone watching you know what i mean so it's so important to like kind of be the best role model you can for the kids in a sense that i mean trust me i know with the officiating like you, you kind of at some point you just kind of give up you're like okay like why did we come to play like what are you doing right yeah, but yeah. the way you talk to your players and and other coaches the your the, the players are going to grow up and kind of emulate that yeah, right with their players. The, the best, the best thing about that that season, honestly, was I, I coached with two other uh, gentlemen, and their their sons all played on the team, and we had a rule that you know, if if your kid was doing something, you didn't deal with them, so the other coaches did, so you never dealt directly with your kid if there was you know, um, you know, a disciplinary disciplinary yeah, thing or or anything like that, so. You know, it, it, it never became personal with you and your and and your child. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's actually really smart. I had I, I had a great great staff and, and we had a really good season, but that game it just became a quagmire and shit happened and <laughs> that's the way it went. Like I, you know, I I've played so much sports that you know if somebody's jawing me and trash talking me, it, it really has no effect. It doesn't really phase me. So if another coach is you know on my case and I'm coaching against them. They get mad because they they're barking at me and and it it just you it's know, just go, bouncing off you like, it's like yeah yeah like par <laughs> parents you know other coaches all that 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 has no effect on me but that game I think I started to get animated and uh, aggravated because it was a sham right and and it just you know if it was almost at the point where I should have pulled the kids off the ice you know and, and I 
that's that. I look at that as almost communist. Like that's not my. No, you gotta become <laughs> like the the coach from what's that? What's uh, what's his name? Um, and Mighty Ducks, the other team. Oh. <laughs> Oh, I, I can't remember, this. like, well, 30 yeah. years since I watched them. You remember yeah. Mighty Ducks, right? Oh, of course. When you'd be like, go take out this player, this player, yeah. This... Yeah. No, yeah, I don't advise because that. I'm, just, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> I'm like, not kidding. I'm, like, kidding that much. It's tough. It's tough. There's a reboot of, of the Mighty Ducks on, on Disney now. Like, they, it's it's like a TV show. And uh, Dylan Playfair, you know, from Letterkenny. Yeah. Letterkenny yeah. is another coach on there, and he's got a funny little role that he's – He's on there. I, I've watched a little bit of it. I haven't watched the whole season or whatever, but I started watching a few episodes, and it was actually I thought it was almost better than the the, the movies. Like it was, they were kind of neat and funny and whatever. But uh, what's okay? So this is another question. What's your What's your favorite all time hockey movie? Mystery Alaska. Really? Oh. Yeah. Dash. What do you got? Stop shots. Yeah. Young Blood too. Young Blood too. Uh, young Bloods. Yeah. yeah, you know what? I, young Blood is probably the one I've watched the most. Um, the part How of, can you pick one? That's not fair. Uh, yeah, that's exactly it. That's the, why the I said Slop on Ice is good. I, I mean, and I, 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 like screw America, but like that's such a good story and it was such a good movie. Yeah. And I mean, was it Kurt Russell that played the coach? Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. just ugh. Screw so, America. I'm with the, you. I, I, <laughs> My one critique of Slapshot is the ending. I, I that I, I, I just I sink when I like I don't. I, that's the part I hate. The the Hansons and the, they brought their fucking toys. I, I love that, but the, the ending for me it just it, you know the ending of Youngblood. You're fighting Racky and knocking him out, and then the kids yeah. want your autograph and all that. Yeah, so good. Fair, <laughs> So that's my that's why one bitch about Slapshot is just the ending. I, that part I just <laughs> and and you know what like I know it's a bit of a spoof but there is a negative side to to Slapshot like it it does like you know paint hockey players in a bit of a shitty light but uh, you know don't take it too seriously but how it was back then what I and I gotta say this it's relative to the time I, I gotta say this uh, you know there's people that are diehard goon fans and they think that's the best movie ever and I like the cameos you know by XNHLers and all that in there but I don't know. <laughs> I don't love Goon or, or Goon Two. It's just uh, uh, it's all right. I mean, it's 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 yeah. all right. That's where it is for me. It's too. just all right though. Yeah, it's cool because it's a hockey movie, and then it ends there. Yeah, no, it's it's all right, but it's not. Yeah, I don't like when I was little. I had a routine of of before I would play a game, I would watch Young Blood and Boys on the Bus like before every minor hockey game. That was my kind of routine to like calm down. And I also would do something else right before a game, every game that I had to do or I couldn't play, and it didn't matter what sport. I, I had to go to the bathroom, whether I went like five times that day or not, I, I had to go to the bathroom. It was, I, I don't know why, but... You're hilarious. Yeah, like, I, I, Mike Mike would get this nervous energy, and uh, yeah. And it's, That's it, hilarious. It's still, it still happens to me now. Like uh, I'm like, I'm still like a little kid when I play sports. Like I, I just get wound up and my, uh, it's like Christmas. He does it so. before every podcast too, Jen. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. No, nope. no doubt. Totally at ease here. <laughs> <laughs> he guzzles some water. I gotta go. Yeah, yeah. No, normally. Uh, well, it's better than having an accident during game time, right? Yeah, I've never had a Roberto Luongo. <laughs> oh, that's right. You, you don't know about that, do you? Oh, I thought it was uh, Vasilevsky that shit himself on the ice. And m- m- no, Luongo had a. I think both of them. Yeah, yeah, no, I remember. I was watching, and he he left. Vasilevsky had to leave. George was too. like, "Yeah, he shit himself." Yeah, totally. That happened. It did. Yeah. I love Torts. It was Co- Cooper, wasn't it? No, was it? I thought it was Torts that said it. Well, if you're saying Torts, that's probably Luongo in in Vancouver. So no, no, no. Oh. It was, it was Vasilevsky because it was recent. Hmm. Because Luongo I think Vasilevsky did it with Cooper, but I think that Luongo did do it while Torts was the coach in Vancouver. And I think think Torts said what happened to Luongo, and he answered he shit himself. Yeah, yeah. That's a fan. Fantastic. Well, no, that'll never happen to Mike because he goes to the bathroom first. Yeah, he's good. He's clear. He's like, you (laughs) know. He's good. Ever since then, he's been wearing an adult diaper on the show, so we're good. It added it, it, your sponsor, right? It added, yeah, <laughs> depend, depends. Yeah, it, that depends. Um, 
it added a half inch to my vertical when I was playing basketball and at least like a, you know, a quarter of a mile an hour on, on the ice for speed. So got to do it. That's a big commitment watching young blood before every game. I just used to record the Michael Jordan be like Mike commercial and play it for myself. Cause I thought it was for me. Yep. Be like I, Mike. I had a dream that he is me. You got to see so that's long. how I dream to be. That's the one. We are oh, off oh, oh. the rails here. Holy shit. Mighty ducks and singing songs. <laughs> hey, <laughs> love it. Love it. You guys are um, fun. And back to X's and O's a little bit. I wanted to <laughs> ask you something else. And hey, we could stay fun if you want. I don't care. Um, I thought something else in that Pete DeBoer interview that I heard was pretty cool. He had talked about, um, you know, being re- having to stay relevant and being one of the hardest jobs. And that one of the uh, biggest trends he'd seen in the NHL over the last couple of years was that, um, you know, in order to offensively counter the the trap or any of the trap styles out there, it was bringing up that defenseman into the rush and, and bringing that fourth person to, to try to create um, offensive rush opportunities. Um, what are some of the trends you've seen in the NHL in the last few years that you see really kind of the game moving towards or anything that you see that you'd change in the NHL? Oh, yes, definitely. Female coaches. Um, <laughs> sorry, you said change. No, let's NHL. do it. Yeah, I know it's a dream of yours. Let's talk um, about it. Yeah, no, I think I think it'd be great to Fantastic see some women to behind the bench. I think women, um, you know, they're more patient and they're – Okay, I know guys, they're, they're more emotional when they're on their period. They go crazy. Oh, I'm the most myth. emotional guy you'll ever meet. That's okay. That's I was crying right before I came on the podcast. S- sorry, <laughs> sorry, Jen, I need you to clarify. Were you referring to men or women on their period? <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you, I guarantee you, I cry more than any of the three of us right here. <laughs> I could give you a run for your mic, but I think um, with regards to uh, changing the, you know, I mean, they need to rewrite the rule book like or stick to the like the yeah. officiating is garbage it's so inconsistent um the the suspensions i mean this is your specialty there Durso, with your uh parody and uh <laughs> your sorry your your whatever it's called yeah no we're with your you. uh opinion sorry that that word um your <laughs> I lost my train of thought. You you mentioned it before in a tweet about the inconsistencies with the suspensions and what's his name? I forget his name. George Paris. That guy, yeah, that guy. He how go. inconsistent. He, he's like the poster boy for the DP Department of Player Safety, and he's he doesn't do his job properly, right? So I think that they need to kick him out and appoint, like I said, you Dursa, because you've got a good head for this stuff. Like I Ooh. see, I see, I see. A lot of people come in and they talk about what should have happened and this, that, and the other on Twitter. And I think for the most part, like, you're pretty sound on with what you think's right and should be. But anyways, you know, they're not going to yeah, He's the me. calm, stoic one out of the two of us, that's yeah, for and sure. And you're level-headed and you're consistent with everything. Like, and you, you, you don't just deal with just the Oilers. Like, you talk about other stuff. So, from what I've seen anyways, like, you know. Anyways, I think um, that is absolutely one thing we should change about the NHL that Mike Dursa should fight George Peros for his job. That is the best. That's the best suggestion we've ever had on this show. Yeah, we're... I totally would love that. I mean, like, <laughs> he's useless. He's just, he's just, you're, you're not doing, and I know it's not just him. I know there's a panel of them, but they all suck. Get them out. Um, I mean, you've got to have, I don't know, better officiating. Like, uh, what was that one that said, you know, I'm going to give him a penalty, he ended up getting canned? You can't have that shit. Tim, uh, Tim, Tim Peel, yeah. Tim Peel. You can't have that crap. You know, like, it makes us think, like, are the, are the, the games are fixed. They're like, as are, is as, this really? As soon as, they, as soon as they, like, suspended Tim Peel, the officiating got worse. Like, it, it totally went into shitter. Like, because as soon as they exposed, like, kind of. Guys yeah. weren't sure how to call an even up call anymore. They thought they'd Right, right. As soon as, like, <laughs> game, game management kind of came into question they sure as shit started managing games like it it got brutal like penalties weren't penalties like oh they've had three tonight okay so we'll go cross check a guy in the neck that's good because they've already had three you've had one like like, what the fuck if it's a penalty call it you know exactly yeah it's really frustrating officiating frustrating i mean some games when it when a team's dominating and the other team's taking liberties on them 
they should have more penalties than the team that's dominating them. Like, what the yeah. fuck is that? I, I think I, players should police themselves again, too. Yeah. I don't say bring back the enforcer, but I mean, like, I think the players should be able to police themselves. That's an aspect of hockey that's always been beautiful. You know yeah. what I mean? You got, you, you got your stars. You got to protect them a little bit. You got to have that player that's going to be like, oh, 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 I, you know, I'm not going to touch him or I'm going to lose a couple teeth. Like, get, I think yeah. that's a really important aspect that we get rid of the fighting. People have gone get, soft. Everyone's like, oh, fighting. Oh, my God, we shouldn't be. And then they go watch the next MMA fight. Right. It's like, get, 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 rid of, get rid of the fighting instigator penalty. Like, get, get rid of that. And if a guy is being a shithead out there and he has it coming to him and somebody's going to take him to task and, and, you know, he just runs and hides, like pulls a Sean Avery or, or whatever, don't protect him. Yeah. Don't, don't protect them. You know, and it, it made me think of it earlier when Jen said, you know, how much space Gretzky had. You know, I read Dave Semenko's book and he, it wasn't about going out there and necessarily knocking the shit out of somebody. It was the fact that he'd whisper over their boards and say, the next time you touch Gretz, I'm going to two-hand Al McKinnis so hard that you he won't even be able to walk for two weeks. And then guys police themselves. It didn't have to be a fight. Well, that's what I think we need. I think that should be an aspect. And I, I, I mean, state, screw staged fights. I don't like them. But when was that yeah. one where the puck dropped and everyone just started fighting? Yeah, the was Rangers that? this year, maybe. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. take me back. I know it was, it was coming. <laughs> it was coming. But I mean, I think that it's, it's, it's a, it's an aspect of the game that's good for the players. It's entertaining for the fans. But then it kind of like the officiating could be, you know, a little bit more regulated too when the players are, kind of, you know. Sure. Got, so the, and then I, got, I mean, I hire me to coach any team. Let's go. <laughs> I got, I got one thought for you, and uh, think we're tiptoeing on an hour here. Yeah. So, so, never in my life have I seen a goalie stand on his head. You know, you brought up Peter DeBoer. You got a goalie that stands on his head night in, night out, puts a franchise basically on its back, takes him, you know, to the Stanley Cup oh, fi- Stanley Cup the flower, isn't it? Stanley Cup final. Um, the guy, the guy, the guy, the guy wins a Vesna trophy and gets traded for absolutely nothing. What the fuck is that? That's like a major disrespect. And Flower didn't even know, like his, his agent read about it on Twitter and you know, you don't treat, you don't treat people like that. I mean, oh God. Yeah, I, I couldn't, and then they spelled his name wrong when they, when they kind of the, the Hawks announced him and they spelled oh. it you know what i oh, i don't know boy. if this was to distract from what's going on with chicago and they're you know what i mean kind of take because that's a big one like, how do you just give a player away so like, here you know yeah. one of the well, best goalies in the league here you go <laughs> the best goalie <laughs> like yeah, here, here. Here. Who you yeah here you go you know just whatever send and, us a hot dog voucher and a gem of a human like uh, what a dis- that's a major disrespect and I don't think things like that should happen I think contracts are in place and I think that like you can't just give away I mean you can't you, there's got to be it's like like it's to me almost Vegas has given the coyotes a run for the money for the most unprofessional <laughs> franchise in, in in the NHL right now especially after the success they've had yeah. since they came in they've been a force that's strange uh, like, moves like is it a is it an arrogance thing? I, I I don't understand, or just like a, I don't know, a lack of no. Like you gotta know that that's not cool. Like you, you know, don't treat your players like that, especially when he's a fan favorite. Well, you, should, you don't you, do that. Usually, when you trade somebody, as soon as that you know deal is inked, you're you're on the phone with the player to let them know. I mean, Edmonton has a history of firing coaches over Skype, so. I guess I can't be too critical. Oh, uh, poor Ralph Kruger. Yeah, I think I think what 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 Vegas did, did was it was just totally classless. Um, it wasn't you know treating the player Flower the way he deserved after yeah. everything. At least they should have told him you know we're sending you to Chicago for nothing. Just yeah. uh, you yeah. know we'll pay for your flight. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's not cool. I, I honestly I thought something was going to happen, kind of between Pittsburgh. In Chicago, and this was kind of just a, like a yeah. distraction, and something was going to happen, but you know, been cool. Yeah, no, it's it wasn't cool. The flower deserved much better. Yeah. Well, I don't know how we're doing for time, Mike. I don't have it in front of me, but I'd love to ask Jen just one more quick question if she's got a quick answer for us, and I think it's an important one to end on. And then I'll give you the last word if that's cool. 
Um, Jen, how long is it going to be till we see a female coaching in the NHL? I mean, I'm hoping in the next couple of years. Awesome. But yeah. who knows? Love I mean, to, like, the, the, man, the male ego is so it's. Yeah. It's not an easy answer. I know maybe it's I shouldn't set you up there, but a couple of years. Uh, let's let's bank I'd say on within that. The next I hope 10 you're years, right. Ten years, ten years for sure. You'll see one as an assistant or an advisor, or you know, like the eye in the sky. Yeah. But as a head yeah. coach, yeah. we're looking at at least ten years, and it's oh. going to be me. I hope it's you, and I hope you win that cup, and I want to read your book when you do. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we're just. We just crossed the hour uh, threshold, and uh, it went by like uh, you know, um, like nothing. So I thank you for coming on, Jennifer. Thanks, and Jen. you're you're welcome anytime you've got time for us. Um, yeah, definitely. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, so I'm gonna shut her down like uh, we always do. I'm gonna tell you guys to keep your sticks on the ice and keep reaching for the stars. Go keep your head up. Go go Oilers go. Yeah, keep your head up and uh, your chicklets in your mouth. Have a good night. Good night.